This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. It is Pope Pope Parliament where we go through the highlights of the day from the Day One Rakyat. Starting off on a sad note, Speaker Dato Johari Abdul announced the passing of Dato Ismail Kasim, the former MP of Arau. Saya bagi pihak lebih Dewan ini dan pihak Parlimen seluruhnya ingin merakamkan ucapan takziah kepada seluruh ahli keluarga Allahyarham Datuk Ismail Kasim. Saya mengharapkan seluruh ahli keluarga Allahyarham terus tabah dalam menghadapi situasi ini. Kita berdoa moga-moga Allah Subhanahu taala mencucuri rahmat ke atas Allahyarham serta ditempatkan di kalangan orang-orang yang soleh serta lagi beriman. Untuk makluman beliau telah berkhidmat Sebagai ahli parlimen dan ahli Dewan Rakyat Arau semenjak tahun 2008 hingga 2013 dan menjadi senator pada tahun 1999 hingga 2005. Kita doakan moga-moga roh beliau ditempai bersama-sama dengan para solehin. That was Dewan Rakyat Speaker Datuk Johari Abdul giving condolences on behalf of Parliament to the family members of the late Datuk Ismail Kasim. Now on to the PM's question time. Dr. Sri Anwar Ibrahim was asked whether the government had received the consent of the Agong and the conference rulers to withdraw the appeal against a High Court decision over the use of the word Allah in Christian publications. Here's the Prime Minister's answer. Memang dirojok kepada kebahaduli yang mahmulia yang di-Pertuan Agong. Dan di-Pertuan Agong memberi pandangan supaya semua keputusan harus terikat dengan keputusan Majlis Raja-Raja Melayu. Iaitu Allah tidak boleh digunakan di Semenanjung dan kelonggaran diberi di Sabah dan Sarawak. Jadi tidak timbul sama sekali soal tidak dirojok. Yang jadi masalah sekarang ini ialah arahan pentadbiran KDN yang dibuat sebelum ini itu 1986 bercanggah dengan keputusan raja-raja. Jadi sekarang ini apa yang dilakukan ini tidak ada timbul bercanggah dengan keputusan raja-raja. Tidak ada maksud untuk membolehkan, memberikan ruang kepada yang bukan Islam sebagai mendidik dakwah. Jadi saya tidak fikir munasabah yang digunakan dan dipolitikkan isu ini. Dan inilah yang keputusan dibuat yang menyebabkan tidak ada rayuan dalam kes pentadbiran. Dalam keputusan hakim, ini keputusan pentadbiran dan bukan keputusan theological. Dari segi kita tidak mempengaruhi kerana keperluan memperkemaskan. Bagaimana nak perkemaskan supaya tidak ada percanggahan ini? Tuanku yang Dipertuan Agung memperkenan supaya Ketua Jemaah Menteri dan kita akan rojok kepada Majlis Kemajuan Islam yang dibungsikan oleh Baduli Yang Mahmulia Tuanku Sultan Selangor akan memberikan beberapa pandangan memperkemaskan peraturan ini supaya keputusan muktamad tidak boleh dipakai di Semenanjung boleh dengan ruang tertentu, syarat tertentu Sabah dan Sarawak dan insyaAllah akan dibentangkan dalam mesyuarat Raja-Raja Melayu pada bulan Julai nanti. 
That was Anwar Ibrahim saying that he had received the consent of the king to withdraw the appeal and that the laws governing the use of the word Allah will be streamlined and presented to the Conference of Rulers in July. Briefly, in a separate question, the Prime Minister confirmed that the National Scam Response Centre, that's the NSRC, is working towards operating 24 hours a day to assist fraud victims. Cadangan untuk menambah waktu operasi dipersetujui, tetapi saya ingin maklum bahawa bank, bank negara telah pun memberi maklum kepada semua bank supaya operasi pemantauan ini 24 jam dan ada ke arah automation supaya pengadu boleh mengambil tindakan menghentikan pengeluaran dana dari bank secara meta. Ini perkembangan yang baru dilakukan oleh bank negara. Yang keduanya ialah tentang kertas siasatan tindakan diambil itu sudah 3,595 kes bagi kesalahan penipuan mengikut Section 420 Kanun Seksaan. Dan kerajaan telah dapat pulangan rampasan 34.8 juta. Isunya sekarang ialah bagaimana kita nak pulangkan. Jadi kearahannya sekarang ialah beberapa pindaan termasuk kanun tata, tata cara jenayah supaya dapat dipulangkan lebih awal kepada pengadu atau mangsa dan dikekalkan bond sebagai ganti sementara kes berjalan. Kalau tidak, dia terpaksa tunggu dua tahun supaya dapat balik wang yang telah ditipu itu. Peruntukan juga ditambah untuk tahun ini RM10 juta ringgit bagi bajet 2023 kepada NSRC selain daripada memperkemas seperti yang saya sebutkan tadi kerjasama dan penambahan pegawai dan kerjasama dengan negara lain yang menghadapi masalah yang sama atau yang lebih serius. That was Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim with news that the National Scam Response Centre will soon be open 24 hours a day and that Bank Negara has instructed all banks to also provide 24-hour assistance for matters related to scams. So let us know, do you think these extended hours will help with the tracking down of scammers as well as the recovery of stolen funds? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, do you think, uh, sorry, moving on to updates on the percentage of women holding positions on boards of directors in public listed companies? Minister of Women, Family and Community Development, Dr. Sri Nasi Shukri, reported that Malaysia's top 100 public listed companies are just two sheets, sorry, two seats shy of reaching the 30% target. Walaupun bilangan peratusan wanita sebagai ahli lembaga pengarah di 100 syarikat tersenarai awam teratas, masih belum mencapai sasaran sekurang-kurangnya 30%. Namun, terdapat peningkatan yang ketara telah ditunjukkan. Sebagai perbandingan, statistik pada tahun 2016 menunjukkan hanya 14% PLC melepasi sasaran ini. Manakala berdasarkan laporan Suruhanjaya Security bertarikh 1 April 2023, bilangan ini telah meningkat kepada 29.7% iaitu hanya kurang dua kerusi untuk mencapai sasaran 30%. Kerajaan telah menggaris dan melaksanakan pelbagai strategi untuk menyokong usaha mencapai sasaran sekurang-kurangnya 30% wanita di peringkat pembuat keputusan. Ini merangkumi tiga cabang utama. 
pertama ialah penambahbaikan perundangan dan dasar untuk menyediakan persekitaran yang selamat dan kondusif untuk wanita. Kedua, menyediakan persekitaran yang menyokong penglibatan wanita. Ketiga, menyediakan peluang dan akses kepada latihan, meningkatkan kesedaran serta kolaborasi bersama pelbagai pemegang taruh. Jadi antara inisiatif pelaksanaan yang telah dijalankan ada banyak sebenarnya kalau digariskan sini saya akan bagi secara tertulis untuk itu. So in a follow-up, Parit Sulong MP Datuk Sri Noraini Ahmad asked the minister about efforts to increase the participation of women in politics. Uh, here's the minister again. Terima kasih, terima kasih Parit Sulong yang sama-sama berjuang dari dulu dah sampai tua kita masih tak kita sampai ke sini. Kita tak tahu kita capai ke tidak. Tuan yang berdua. Kita perlu sokongan yang lainlah bukannya ada wanita saja ya. Tuan Dipertua untuk memenuhi hasrat yang diutarakan oleh Mbah Muhammad itu ia memerlukan keazaman politik ataupun political will semua pihak yang terlibat baik dari kem sebelah sana maupun di sebelah sini kedua-dua pembangkang dan juga kerajaan. Saya menyatakan demikian kerana ia amat bergantung kepada political will untuk mencapai hasrat itu adalah kerana sekiranya semua pihak benar-benar ikhlas maupun ia mahukan ia direalisasikan maka langkah-langkah untuk memastikan hasrat itu tercapai boleh diambil oleh kepimpinan tertinggi pihak-pihak yang berkenaan walaupun tanpa ada penggubalan atau pindaan undang-undang untuk memaksa mana-mana pihak memberi peluang dan ruang untuk menyaksikan wanita mewakili sekurang-kurangnya 30% daripada jumlah ahli di Dewan Rakyat. Secara pribadi, Tuan Dipertua, saya berpandangan ia masih jauh untuk dicapai. Namun ia bukanlah sesuatu yang mustahil sekiranya semua pihak benar-benar ikhlas, benar-benar mahukannya dan benar-benar bersungguh untuk mengambil inisiatif untuk merealisasikannya insyaallah di mana ada kemahuan di situlah ada jalan terima kasih terima kasih that was Datuk Sri Nancy Shukri, Minister of Women, Family and Community Development. Basically, in a nutshell, 29%, 29.7% of the board of director seats in our top 100 public listed companies are currently held by women. But they are way off target when it comes to women lawmakers because currently there are only 30 women MPs in parliament. That is 13.5% of the 222 seats. Let us know what next once this benchmark of 30% is reached. Call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Next up, RFID lanes. In questions, in in her rather in her question, Masjid Tana MP Datuk Mas Emayati Shamsuddin brought up an alternative meaning to the acronym RFID after describing what she saw happening at one of the lanes on her way to Parliament. Pagi tadi yang mumat kebetulan sebab tu saya nak ke parlimen. Pagi tadi sebab tu saya lalu tuan apa boleh cek uh, di tol Sentul Pasar jam 9 uh, 29:00 pagi 29 AM pagi uh, terdapat uh, dua biji kereta yang terkial-kial dia terpaksa uh, sampaikan uh, kita seluruh saya bercerita dengan uh, Hulu Terengganu Hulu Terengganu dia kata RFID ini bukannya radio frequency identification tapi reverse forward insyaallah detect 
yang mana um, ini mungkin berlaku tempat lain. Soalan saya, adakah uh, pihak KKR ada lakukan audit ataupun uh, tinjauan secara berkala ataupun secara rawak di semua lorong tol RFID yang ada di Malaysia termasuk 12 uh, lorong yang baru di apa dilaksanakan uh, bagi melihat kecekapan sistem ini secara berkala memandang ianya terlalu banyak rungutan yang disuarakan oleh pengguna terhadap sistem ini. Dan yang kedua, adakah kerajaan bercadang untuk menggunakan sistem RFID ini sebagaimana yang ada di negara lain dengan sistem mati lane free flow iaitu tol tanpa palang yang bagi membolehkan aliran trafik secara terus. Tak payah ada palang pun. Sebenarnya memang kita sedar bahawa keadaan tersebut saya sendiri pun berlaku sebenarnya merumat. Di, di Sentul juga sebenarnya saya berlaku. Jadi kita dah bentangkan dan secara bersedia desainnya telah bersetuju untuk kita melaksanakan MLFF. Dan uh, sebenarnya dari segi RFID ini memang sentiasa kita pantau dan kita sedar kelemahan tersebut. Dan uh, sebagaimana yang dikatakan oleh yang berhormat sebentar tadi, bahawa lebur raya yang akan melaksanakan OPTS berasaskan adalah 12 tempat tersebut dan kita dah tambah pun lorong tersebut. Tetapi untuk kita membuka palang seperti untuk MLFF yang akan kita laksanakan menjelang hujung 24 ataupun 25, kita kita tidak dapat laksanakan kerana ia dari segi sudut perundangan dan juga banyak perkara-perkara yang perlu kita lakukan apabila kita membuka palang tersebut seperti nak kita laksanakan di RFID. Jadi sistem ini sebenarnya kita memerlukan masa sedikit saja lagi. You just heard Deputy Works Minister Datuk Sri Abdul Rahman Muhammad responding to Tanah Masjid MP Datuk Mas Ermiati Samsudin and admitting that he too has gotten stuck at the RFID lane in Sentul. Sentul getting a call out there in Parliament. Um, he also mentioned that he would need more time, uh, or we would need more time rather, to implement the barrier-free, multi-lane free flow system which we've been talking about for some years now. Last but not least, uh, there was a question about whether the government plans to start the school calendar in January as before. Uh, as we know, the academic year for 2023-2024 started in March as a result of changes from the previous year due to COVID-19. Education Minister Fadlina Siddiq confirmed that they'll be reverting to January in 2026. Untuk makluman ahli yang berhormat, KPM telah meneliti cadangan untuk mengembalikan semula kalender akademik persekolahan bermula pada Januari seperti sebelum ini. Saya telah memberikan jaminan sebelum ini di dalam Dewan ini bahawa KPM komited untuk mengembalikan sesi persekolahan kepada Januari. KPM akan melihat kepada keperluan dan kesesuaian penyediaan kalender akademik untuk tahun seterusnya bagi memastikan pengajaran dan pembelajaran dapat dilaksanakan secara optimum khususnya tempoh pembelajaran sebanyak 32 hingga 36 minggu yang diperlukan untuk menyelesaikan keseluruhan kurikulum persekolahan setahun. KPM juga telah melakukan penjajaran kepada jadual peperiksaan awam agar ia selari dengan perubahan kalender akademik persekolahan. Untuk itu yang berhormat, sukacita saya maklumkan, KPM telah memulakan usaha dengan merancang untuk mengawalkan kalender akademik persekolahan sesi 2024 25 bermula pada bulan Februari 2025. Kalender persekolahan dirancang dapat bermula pada bulan Januari ialah pada tahun 2026. Jadi permintaan yang berhormat untuk memulakan sesi persekolahan Januari akan ditunaikan pada tahun 2026. 
That was Education Minister Fatlina Siddiq confirming that the beginning of the academic year will go back to January starting 2026. So we'd like to hear from you. How has the change in the school calendar affected you? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. That's all for today's wrap-up of Day 1 Rayat. We'll be back with more Pope Pope Parliament tomorrow. Uh, but first, a recap of what we covered today. So first, we had all the back and forth about the use of the word Allah. Uh, there was also an announcement that banks and national scam response centres will now be operating 24 hours a day. Uh, we also heard about the reaching of that 30%, the nearly reaching of that 30% goal of women as board on the board of directors for public listed companies, uh, but also discussed the long road ahead when it comes to achieving the same for women in politics. Uh, there's also um, some, uh, I suppose, some, some calling out of the RFID, um, the reverse forward, inshallah, detect. And finally, the fact that the school calendar year will be reverting back to January starting 2026. If you'd like to weigh in on any of those, once again, that number to call, 77332900. Uh, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Banana from Malaysia. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.25. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. And on Pope Pope Parliament, among the things that came up is the fact that banks and national scam response centres will now be operating 24 hours. So we've been asking you for your thoughts on that Keep them coming. You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. We do have this message from Carmen. Carmen says, please, I can never get through my own bank when I found out uh, when I found a fraud charge to my credit card. Eventually, I have to hand in a written letter to the counter. Oh, that's frustrating. I mean... <laughs> To be fair, um, I've had generally helpful experiences because they tend to have a specific uh, line for scams, for, for you know uh, fraudulent credit card transactions. And I've generally had good experiences with them. But I can understand how when you're in the midst of something like this, not getting the right kind of help can be incredibly frustrating. Though, you know, I must say with credit cards, the best thing is you actually haven't paid the bank. And so, you know, uh, and it's different from a debit card, right? If there's any kind of fraud involving your debit card, you actually have to get the money back from the bank or the lending institution. Whereas with a credit card, you can always uh, dispute that, you know, that item and, and that dispute can go into some sort of, you've not lost the money yet. We also have a message that's come in on RFID, which was another issue brought up in Parliament today. TIDJ is saying, I have to chime in on this and the multi-lane free flow. I was part of the pilot group. I have only had very few issues with the RFID. Generally, I'm happy with it. I really think it has something to do with where the RFID tag is placed. Most Malaysians are creative, quote-unquote, with the placement or even making it, quote-unquote, modular. And I believe not following the recommended guideline, which is what's causing many of the issues with detection. As for the multi-lane free flow, what's to prevent people from not paying toll? We already have many people who tail the car um, uh, to avoid paying tolls. I use many, but I'm not sure of the percentage. I have little faith that our people will be honest. We tend to be dishonest where opportunity presents itself. Just a generalisation. Well, TIDJ, firstly, um, I... I wish I didn't agree. <laughs> I found myself wishing that, that I didn't agree necessarily with that last part. But I think that when it comes to things, unfortunately, like 
tolls, um, where for a very long time we had a visual signifier that meant that theoretically you, you wouldn't be able to kind of like jury I am and yet people did it anyway. Um, I, I think that that's certainly something that the concessionaires and the government are going to be considering. I don't mean to sound like someone who says, I'm sure they've got it sorted out. But I feel like because there's money involved, <laughs> one would hope that the system uh, would be there to prevent exactly this kind of leakage. The RFID thing, Sharmila and I have said many times, we haven't done it yet. We're a bit of a Luddites when it, bit of a, we are sort of Luddites when it comes to the RFID. But we wouldn't confess. go modular. Would we go modular? <laughs> I am a stickler for following instructions. I will stick it exactly where I'm supposed to do it. That's the official line, though. I know I, you've not asked me to jump into this conversation, p- partly because I don't drive. Is, yes. that, is that the reason why you've left me silent? I mean, if you have burning thoughts about RFID, you have about 30 seconds to share them. I have no thoughts, but I would think <laughs> that by now, uh, these matters should be, you know, just solved by technology. I mean, tag every car. And, you know, when you go through, you you you, you just get, uh, even if you truly I am, you can't because the d- monitor will detect you. So that's exactly what I was going to say. And as always, bring up Singapore because they've managed to resolve the issue of people, truly I am and whatever. Hopefully we'll yeah, get there someday. Decades ago. Yeah. Okay. Keep them coming. You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Banish feudal mentality. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. So on Pope Pope Parliament, um, one of the subjects that came up was the extending of operating hours for banks as well as national scam response centres, particularly when it comes to scam reporting and investigating. So we've been asking you, uh, what do you make of that? Keep your thoughts coming. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. There were also discussions about RFID and um, multi-lane free flow systems. Uh, So if you have thoughts on that, send them through as well. We have a number of people talking about reporting scams. Yes, one in particular uh, disagreeing with Sherrod. So Simon says, I beg to defer about scams on credit card being better versus debit. Uh, My dad fell victim to a credit card unauthorized transaction, advanced cash withdrawal of about 10k via the card. This is one of the big four local banks. Uh, The call centre took two months and they didn't come back to us on anything. We went to HR to complain and they refused to entertain us unless we wrote informally. Being unhappy, we escalated to Bank Nagara for a better response. Um, unfortunately, what they had to say, what BNM had to say, was that the local banks have to first formally finish investigations for them to then scrutinise the case management. Long story short, we wrote in, they took six months to reply, all this while insisting that my dad should pay the 10k as late payment because they couldn't waive it. It's a messy incident. Uh, with that, really hoping that scam centres are truly full-fledged and committed centres, well, not just a few additional headcounts um, in the existing setup. That sounds incredibly frustrating, and I think, I think honestly, this is this is as much a this is an indication that simply extending the hours of being able to report isn't enough, right? There needs to be a clearer and more easily navigated system for people who have been, unfortunately, uh, the subject of scams. Yeah, but the, the distinction we have to make is what government can do to assist and then what these private banks uh, do and their response, right, and their processes. Uh, but to come back to my to my point, not to, to make too much of it, it's just that 
while this is happening, while this process is taking an un, un, unusually long time to unfold, you still have your 10K in your bank. You, you don't have to pay that. Uh, yes, there'll be late payments, but that can be no, something you negotiate. No, I think the point that he's making is that um, you are owing the bank 10K and you're being charged the interest for it and sure. it's not being waived, which is which is a problem, isn't it? Um, actually, I think for me, the, the big takeaway from your, your point, Simon, is really that I don't think for the average person that we are invested in the bureaucracy of banks and governments. So I, I, I take the point that ultimately we need to draw a distinction between what a private organisation and does and how they'll investigate it and where the government can intervene. I think, though, that in terms of what it would take for the scam centres, the, not scam centres, scam the centres responding to calls about scams, what they need to do to be effective and to reassure people is to actually be the thing that means that Simon doesn't have to do all this, uh, doesn't have to run back and forth between banks, doesn't have to constantly explain and justify. And, you know, because I, I think that this is such a good example of an average person, just a regular person getting caught up in bureaucracy that doesn't make sense. Well, Ridza is saying calling banks sometimes takes a long waiting time, especially when you're asked so many questions by the IVR system before being able to speak to a live agent. Sometimes after 10 to 15 minutes of queuing, the line drops for no reason. Totally frustrating. Anyway, the new 24-7 service is a good move, but to be frank, something needs to be done for the actual victims who lost their money to scam activities. How can the authorities help to recover their losses? That's the main question we should be focusing on. Yeah, so there needs to be some level... I mean, look, everybody who reports that they've been scammed might... I mean, do they... Do their stories get taken at face value? Is it, or does, does, does there is there a level of due diligence that needs to be done both by the banks, also by if you say you decide that government should be the one stepping in, they will have to do it at some point. Somebody's got to be verifying that the scam actually happened and money was in fact lost and who's responsible and such. Right. So we're just shifting the process unless the the government we're asking government to come in and tell the banks that they have a timeline in which to. Um, resolve these matters, I, I, you know, it really goes back to whether your bank is the bank that you want to stay with because their service is excellent and they do things in reasonable amount of time. Keep your thoughts coming. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.